0: Like, I've been to Burning Man, I've seen men wearing bear suits, but this was next level.
1: podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Better Late Than Never podcast. This is a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, a cult favorite, or an otherwise culturally significant film that they have never seen before. And after we watch that movie, my guest will decide if it was better late, that they've been missing out by not having seen the film, or never. The movie just didn't live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. This week, I am joined by regular guest Drew. Drew, how you doing? Great. And, uh, well, there's really nothing special about having Drew here. I mean, whatever, right?
2: Not at all. You guys are sick of me by now.
1: Oh, I'm sick of you by now. But for the very first time, we have John joining the podcast. That's right. John is here to join us watching a movie that neither he nor Drew has ever seen before. That movie is Mead Somar from 2019. John, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm surprised you haven't had any other people named John on the show before.
1: You're the first John.
0: I think of myself that way, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> John won. Actually, we've only ever had, I think, one repeated name once so far, which Eric, was an right? Eric.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Eric is such a terrible name like like, oh, wow. like like. how do you like how do you like unless you're icelandic or something how do you name yeah your child eric of all the names that exist you're like you know what this looks like an eric it's like why how 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 does a baby ever See, look like an eric my, oh, my, eric my is actual last name, name I actually is a like
2: norwegian eric. i uh, norwegian last name i would i would name a son eric i would if you I, are Scandinavian,
0: I, I, then I mean that would be apropos, right? That would be apropos, especially to today's episode. Exactly,
2: I can call them a little, uh, you know, Viking or whatnot. That's
0: and that's I, you know. But when it's like, when it's like someone who's like clearly not Scandinavian, you're like Eric. How'd that work out? <laughs> no, I, I like Eric. I don't think it's the worst name out there. It's oh, it's not. I know Todd is definitely the worst name out there. But... Wow. <laughs> or
2: Drew. No, Drew's good. No, Drew's
0: good. Andrew's good. Andrew has a lot of uh, a a lot of um, a lot of good famous right
2: here. You're just saying that.
1: (laughs) So, John. By the Uh, way, John's a great name. I um, that's kind of anti-Semitic, but whatever. Um, John. what you chose this movie how is and- how is john
0: anti-semitic hold up we can't just jump into that we can't just gloss over it john being an anti-semitic name
1: <laughs> well i
0: think if you just
1: like do a little research
2: wow. do your research
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm a little curious though as to uh john why you wanted to do midsommar as your episode
0: Uh, Okay, well, so there were a bunch of things that I've seen about uh, Midsummer, and I was kind of captured by it. So, first of all, I don't think I've ever seen a trailer for this movie. Um, I've only seen a couple, like, publicity stills, and not that many. I think I can count them on one hand. The hype online and the references to it uh, on Twitter – have given me some idea of what it is but I don't really know. I haven't like read like much on terms of like a plot summary or anything. I don't want to spoil it. I know it's a I know it's a Scandinavian film obviously from the name Midsommar like you could pretty much tell. Um I love Scandinavian filmmaking in general. Um I I heard it was a good cast. I heard it was an excellent horror film and I understand it's a horror film that's a little bit more along the lines of like the orphanage or other like psychological horror films that are not about slashing and guts and blood and whatnot. And those to me are a lot more effective as horror movies because I actually feel, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, I think one of the fundamental things about horror movies is how it makes you feel scared, right? Uh, whatever that, that is. And if it's an existential sort of dread, then that works a lot better for me than just watching a slasher. Which, by the way, can be fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to hate on slashers by any means. But to me, I I almost like enjoy slashers the way I enjoy action movies. And when it comes to like horror, like I really want something that makes me think, fuck, like that could actually happen to me and
1: uh, ruin my life. Sort of like a big dumb fun versus like actual like soul ripping intellectual horror exactly mm.
0: so i'm hoping for that i'm hoping that this is going to deliver i um i am expecting lots of uh i'm i'm expecting some stereotypes uh some especially some european stereotypes i imagine that they will employ that especially uh especially like the idea of dark magics from the old world i imagine mm. that that will probably come into play here and i'm i'm expecting a lot of flowers I don't know what, mm-hmm. what form they're going to take, but I think with a movie like this, it seems like there's going to be a, a heavy, heavy emphasis on a sort of aesthetic beauty in contrast to mm-hmm. the horrible things that people are doing.
1: Um, well, you said you'd seen some like production stills. Do you think... like What were the images that you've seen from it?
0: So I've seen a photo of one person wearing what looked like a kind of like um olive branch or like crown of thorns or something i I couldn't like really make it out but he had a pained expression on his face and Mm. it made me think of antichrist which was another uh movie that i really enjoyed in fact i thought for a minute that uh midsummer was directed by um Sorry. Lars von Trier. Yeah, Lars von Trier. And when it, when I found out it wasn't, I was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe it's a maybe maybe I've got the wrong idea about this movie.
1: Do you know who did direct it?
0: I think I've read the name, but I don't think I could like peg him. To is he the one who did a Hereditary? uh yes. Okay, I did see Hereditary, and there are some really great moments to Hereditary. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, this will be even better.
1: Now, Drew, what about you? What do you got?
2: Probably a little less than John. Even um, I, I have certainly not seen a trailer for Midsummer. Um, I wasn't coming in with any uh, any notion of uh, why it's spelled the way that it was. Uh, I, I'm, I, it hadn't occurred to me that actually that it might have been produced in Scandinavia, or you know, and and that be the reason. Um yeah, I mean the pr- impression I have of it <clears throat> is uh, I believe I've seen a couple of production stills as well. I've heard folks talking about it as, you know, a a disturbing uh kind of psychological style of horror film. Justin was uh, specifically mentioned this on on our prior uh podcast episode of uh Halloween 3 season of the witch Hmm. um but that you know that i I agree i'm you know john you just articulated the same thing and i'm all about those you know those those haunting nightmarish you know that'll keep you up at night after you see them just not not because you're afraid of what's in your closet but you're afraid that you know you know what's in your brain, or what's yeah. The idea <laughs> what have I learned about human nature? Right, like the idea yeah. that
0: you could become that person, or that you could do that thing. Right. So, yeah, I actually have a I actually have quite a few uh, predictions about this movie, but um, I, um, I I kind of put together a list if you'd uh, if you'd like to
1: like to yeah. Run down I mean, uh, Drew, are you got anything else?
2: Um, I you know I I'll just echo. Uh, I did come in with an impression that that what's going on is is surrounding sort of pagan rituals and uh, the stills make me think we'll see a uh, plot line that's not too far off from something like the first season of True Detective if you guys saw that of course. where there's the Yellow you King. Know, some yeah with the Yellow King and you know uh, cult like sacrifices and and. You know, people women wearing just, uh, you know, nightgowns and out in wilderness, wearing crowns of thorns and antlers and things <laughs> like that. So <laughs> that's that's probably all I have to say. Like good Vikings, right? <laughs> like good Vikings. Exactly.
0: Dave, did you put together any uh, predictions yourself? Well, I've seen it. Oh, shit. OK, well, um, yeah. So let me so I'll just I'll just run down these. First of all, like I mentioned, the flowers. I think there's going to be a lot of flowers. Um, I don't know if they're going to be like in the form of wreaths or or whatnot, but they might just be like what a landscapes, right? Something. There's just going to be a lot of beauty. I think there's going to be that like visual mm-hmm. beauty to it. Um, and I mentioned the uh, Europeanness. I think that's going to be part of it too. There's going to be like almost as a plot device, there will be europeanness presented in some sort of stereotypical way right especially if they do a nod to this idea of old world dark magics right um i wouldn't be surprised at all if that were if that were core to this movie um i think there's going to be some pretty significant gaslighting that happens between characters i don't know who is going to get gaslit, but i think there's going to be some pretty major i bet that that's going to be a major part of the um the horror too is that this person probably the main character is going to get gaslit and as the audience you're also starting to question whether the like reality is as everyone is saying it is even though you know as the audience it's really not
2: What is like she's being subtly uh, indoctrinated into a cult kind of thing
0: well i don't know if the main character is is like a guy or a girl but whoever it is um i imagine that you know, that everyone else in the movie is going to be like, yeah, this is totally normal. Like, this is what we do. And, yeah. and you're just mm. like, as the viewer, like, no, this is this is dark and red wrong. <laughs> what is happening here? Um, mm, yeah. It's not even Friday yet. Why are we doing this? <laughs> um, I, I think there's going to be a character that is like mumbling, like most of the time, if not all of the time. I just have a feeling huh. that like there's gonna be like one character who you're like wait what what did that what the fuck did that person say?
2: Yeah, that's mumbler, mumbler. character. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: I don't know why that. Yeah, came. it's
2: mumbles. Don't listen to him. I
0: was, I was yeah. I'm pretty sure I was thinking about that. Um, I was thinking about that last night, and uh, I'm pretty sure that that's gonna be like you know in some movies you know there's that like really quiet girl, and you're just like wait what the wait what is happening? And the like girl is saying it's like
2: is the, water, the wine goddess back is the. Wine god, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, like, or or even like from The Exorcist, right? Like they're here, you know, like something where you're like, wait, the fuck?
2: Wait, that one was Poltergeist. Was that was that yeah, Yeah. Poltergeist? Sorry, yeah, Yeah, Poltergeist.
0: My bad. um what an idiot! I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really uh (laughs) I'm really rusty on these because I haven't I haven't watched them in forever. But um, and actually, I've I've watched The Exorcist movies a lot more recently. So my bad. Um. I think there's going to be a lot of crying. There's going to be a mm. lot of people crying. I don't know who's going to cry. I don't know if it's going to be for good reasons or bad reasons. Um, but there's just going to be a lot of it, I think. Like wailing and just like sobbing and everything.
3: Mm.
0: I mean, that, that's pretty normal for a horror movie,
1: right? Oh, sure.
2: I feel like, I feel like this prediction is going to be really spot on somehow. <laughs> <laughs> My lips are
1: sealed.
0: Um, I mean, I I have heard like the idea that there's like some pagan ritualistic uh, activities here. I mean, it would be I would be surprised then if there's not a blood sacrifice. Um, so I would definitely expect a blood sacrifice and potentially even uh, dismemberment or decapitation. I don't know if they're going to go that far because my understanding of pagan and Viking rituals is that you're not necessarily, uh, you know, decapitating the the victims, but I do know that there's, you know, some pretty serious like body flaying stuff that that could happen in a in a Viking ritual. So I wouldn't be surprised if some of that was here. But I I wonder if this movie might kind of show at least one willing victim. Mm. Especially if Mm. especially if there's some occult or cult uh, like indoctrination here, I wouldn't be surprised if someone was like, you know, sign me up for this and you're just like wait, what, what, why? In fact, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if like, you know, part of the drama is that like the people who are main characters decide, you know, one of, maybe one of them decides, or like maybe the people you meet in the beginning, we'll see how it goes, right? But one of the people you meet in the beginning decides, you know, like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm into this, and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be good with this. and And, and maybe the other people are just like, Wait, what? We're losing you. What? What? You, what? No, this is horrible. Like, stop. <laughs> come back. Come back to us. <laughs> I, uh, I have to think that there's going to be some animal sounds, like a lot of animal sounds, um, and they'll probably be used for pretty good effect. I mean, there's a lot of movies that use animal sounds for, like, for really, really effective uh, scares, and I don't know if it's going to be jump scares or just spooky effects, but um, I would absolutely expect some animal sounds.
2: With like horses and goats and stuff, or
0: yeah, it could be horses. Yeah, it could be you know like you know a lot of times you know horses and animals and even dogs, right? Barking will be like the sign that there's some supernatural evil in the right. air, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that was here, and and this is also like super specific, but I am like pretty sure there will be some sort of gnome.
1: <laughs> cool.
0: Like a homunculus or something, right? Like there will be, Oh, there will be some like very tiny, like person like creature. And it might even be like a race of tiny magical creatures that are human like, because, um, I don't know, like it it, almost as if like, they are the, like the embodiment of the gods to which we're, uh, you know, to which we're, you know, completing these evil rituals or whatever. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: Little anti cherub imp. Kind of thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And um, and I think my last prediction is that uh, you know all these things said and, said and done, it's actually going to be a coming of age story. <laughs> so I'm 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 pretty stoked. I uh, I hope that uh, I think I think honestly, you know, granted these are my predictions, but I think if the movie has all of these things, it would be pretty solid.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. That's a lot of predictions and some really specific ones too. That's pretty good. You uh you really brought it on this. Not
0: not bad, dude. I think the specific ones are a lot more fun, right? Because if you if you're like, I think there's going to be uh, you know, I think there's going to be a point in the movie where everything changes. It's
1: like that's every movie. <laughs> it's yeah, literally yeah, every no, movie. No, I like I like the specificity. That's you can very clearly see if you hit or whiff. Yeah, exactly.
2: So. You you got you got really specific on the gnome thing when yeah like when you first said gnome as a prediction. If you had just stopped there, like you, you could you could earn credit by there just being a shot with a garden gnome in it. I thought that's what you were going for. Actually, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I thought you were going for the moonshot, like gnome random gnome prediction. There's going to be a gnome somewhere.
0: I think I think it would be fair if there were, you know just some gnome somewhere all right so Drew, oh, if there's if- a
2: lawn gnome in here you get credit
0: sure oh yeah I'll, t- I'll take credit for that I mean I-, I would be a little bit more surprised if it was only that but um yeah, yeah. there's got to be some sort of there's got to be some sort of gnome right I mean isn't that like yeah. doesn't that come from Scandinavian tradition that whole idea of trolls like, you're
2: thinking of trolls is that trolls yeah yes yes trolls were uh invented in Norway trolls wor- world tour Yes, that's, uh, you know, that that was invented back in the 1300s. You dis- so, mean
0: discovered in the 1300s?
2: Yeah, sure. First recorded in the 1300s? <laughs> First recorded on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drew, what do you got? Oh, my God. I don't know if I can really add anything. Oh, you can't match John all that? Had. No, I actually, I, I have no other predictions to add that have not been uttered.
0: Not even like a a
1: burying someone alive or anything like that.
2: Take one. Oh god! I gotta throw something.
1: Yeah, take uh, one. Epic swing. Go go for one home run.
2: Yeah, let's go for one home run. Uh, I'm going to predict that the main character is female, and winds up winds up becoming indoctrinated to the point where she's more into it than anyone else.
1: Okay. Solid. All right, so we've got John with like 25 predictions and Drew with one, and we'll see who has the highest score by the end of the movie. (laughs) All right, so I think we're ready to go. I, of course, have seen it, and um, I have opinions about the film, but I'll save them for when we come back. This is also a longish film, so I'm going to let us go so we have as much time as possible to watch the movie and come back and talk about it because the recap will also take a while as well. So I'm going to let us go, but uh, does anyone have anything they want to say, last final things before we go and watch
2: Midsummer?
1: I hope it's good. Mm.
2: Me too. I have high hopes. I've heard good things.
0: I would be super bummed if all the hype is just because it's a weird movie and not because it's a good movie. Mm. Because weird movies can be great, but just because they're weird doesn't make them good, you know?
2: It will. And sometimes it's a weird movie and you really like it because it just, you know, it just speaks to you and your taste. But is it your weird? Is it your flavor of weird? Mm. Well, with
1: that being the case, I will see you guys after the midsummer festival jout Skull. this is the part where we watching the movie
3: and now it's done
1: and so we're back and that was a midsummer to remember wasn't it guys unforgettable
2: yes indeed
1: wow so first things first did we like the movie
0: i liked it yeah i definitely
1: liked it yes really everyone liked it yeah oh yeah
3: Hmm.
1: so many reasons
0: to like that movie actually i think very enjoyable i I think the great thing about movie going is that you normally have like there's something in cinema generally speaking for different tastes right and when you think about any given film there are different parts of the film that people can enjoy some people go because they want to see the spectacle or the action or the story right sometimes it's just the actors or the aesthetics or the costumes and this one had this one i think was firing on all cylinders um it had great an incredible aesthetic it looked incredible i don't know if you guys got to watch it in 4k but i did and i also watched it in h d r which i didn't expect was like i didn't even expect it was released in h d r um but i'm pretty sure it was h d r because it only played correctly uh with my t v and not from uh and not from the computer so wow i mean i liked I, mean, I liked everything about it actually i mean the the story was
2: now wait a minute what what was it that you were able to see in the most uh highly defined of your viewing experiences here that you weren't on the computer as you it say. was just
0: darker on the computer it was a lot darker okay. and so you couldn't really make out and there's a lot of scenes in the beginning especially that are very dark uh and yeah. it they're just kind of you can't make them out um but i also have a ton of questions so i guess like when i go down the list i love the cinematography acting script story the drama yeah. of it the ceremony, the locations, the way it was shot. I'm down with all of it, actually. Like, I, I, I'm i trying to think of something I didn't like. It wasn't even I mean, that long, honestly. It, it didn't even feel like a long movie. It wasn't that
1: long.
2: It didn't feel that long. It didn't feel that long. Nope. It was long, though.
0: Okay.
1: Like, t- t-
2: two was, hours, but right? it didn't feel as long as it, as it was. All
1: right. Well, I guess I'll just have to be the odd man out on this film. I... Uh, Certainly the first time I saw it I did I did not care for midsummer. Mm. It insists on itself. Well if no. you, if um, you
0: keep saying it like that if you keep <laughs> saying midsummer then you're not going to enjoy the movie. <laughs> it's just midsummer man. It's just midsummer. Midsommar. Midsommar.
1: <laughs> so um. so so what
0: was it? What 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 did you not like about it? I mean you like horror movies in general, right?
1: Yeah. And you like this director. Well, that's the thing. Um, He Mm. falls into this category of filmmaker that I've mentioned before, kind of like Bong Joon-ho a little bit, which uh, is the category of filmmaker who I respect more than enjoy. And so Mm. I don't think it's a bad movie. And I even liked it better the second time through i'll give it that and you know i think it's well made it's well acted the writing's good it's gorgeous to look at for much of it uh i just didn't really like watching it and i think part of the reason why is that um unlike you guys i did see a trailer for the movie and um it's one of those films where if you see the trailer The movie holds really no surprises. Um, You just sort of go in and everything you expect to happen happens. Well, trailers are the worst. More or less the way you think it'll happen. Trailers need to... People need to stop with the trailers. Honestly, like any movie that I Well, but it's not even the trailer's fault. It's basically, you know, you know... You kind of know what's going to be going down... Pretty quickly within the movie itself, too. You know, you know, it's kind of a Wicker Manish yeah. situation here, and it's so much better than Wicker Man, though. Well, it's better than, <laughs> but well, is but it better there, than he the, it to the style
2: Man? of narrative and what devolves?
1: You know, it's 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 well done, sure, but uh, it kind of was just, and that's where the length of it came into play because the movie is two and a half hours long, and when it's a movie where you're just waiting for it to play out a predetermined set of moves, where you're just waiting for it to play out a string that you like know all the beats already. You really feel those two and a half hours. Yep. When you say two and a half hours, which makes me think that you might have
0: watched the director's cut, because I understand that.
2: I I watched the director's, cut, director's cut, which was two twenty. Is
1: two hours and fifty one minutes. Is that what you watched, Drew? Fifty
2: one. Oh, I guess I guess not. Mine was two two hours and 20 yeah, that minutes, was the one I including watched the credits. And
0: I honestly don't yeah. think that there's any point to a director's cut. i I wouldn't add or remove anything to the movie that I saw. Yeah. So I, I honestly think, and this is hard to say I think of most movies, especially movies that go over two hours. Most movies that go over two hours are too long. I, I think that's just a general statement.
2: Of any genre, uh, honestly.
1: (laughs) I mean, Drew and I are responsible for what is basically the catchphrase of the podcast at this point. What is that?
2: The tight 90.
0: tight 90, yeah. It's it's rare to find a film that sticks to the 90 minute.
1: But they all should because uh, doing this podcast has made me like very length conscious. Like I, I every time now.
2: It's all about the length. Going
1: through Netflix, the first thing I look at is not the director, not the star. You watch not the, the duration, plot. not the director. Yeah. I'm, but I'm like, how long is it? How long is it? Oh, it's two hours long. No fucking way. Wow. <laughs> <The duration>. 80 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Sold.
0: Yeah, and so that's why I think it's remarkable uh, with Midsummer because I really don't think that there was any scene that isn't part of the story, uh, at least in the regular cut. I, it's clearly not the case for the director's cut because. There's, there, I don't think there's any possible thing that they would have added that would be, you know, critical to the story because the story made sense. Everything about the story actually made sense to me. Yeah. From an aesthetic perspective, I also got to see everything that I wanted to see. I'm also really glad that we didn't see too many of the, like, relationship conversations. And I'm really impressed at how well... Mm the uh it was conveyed, the, the state of the relationship was conveyed with minimal talking about the relationship. Pretty much all the discussion yeah. of the relationship happens in the first 10 mi- minutes and it's done. You don't have to talk about the relationship anymore. You just watch what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's efficient in its way. I don't think I would cut very much either, ironically enough. It's just sort of, th- this is why I say like, I respect it. I just didn't enjoy it because it's mostly just not a bad movie. It's a good one. It just didn't really connect with me. Yeah, so. those
0: are those are two different things. Good and yeah. uh, good vice, you know, liking something. They're not the same thing. And I know right. that some, especially in film, you know, people like to kind of conflate the two. Um, and some people just decide to like every good movie, even if they don't actually like it. And that kind of becomes their personality, which is another, uh, you know, great pitfall of being in the cinema or cinephile community. (laughs) But, you know, um, I, I, feel like, you know, when I think about, when I think about like Godard in general, I do like a lot of his films and then other films are just total hot garbage.
1: Well, you're supposed to like it. Yeah,
0: you're supposed to. I'm like, sorry, dude. The dude is like older than Stanley Kubrick at this point. I mean, he might wait, as is well. He still alive? No. Okay, I was like, wait. <laughs> the dude is like, I mean, the dude is like a. He, I think he's like hiding out in like the Swiss countryside. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. I just, yeah. I, I, I agree. There's definitely a, a situation. There's definitely movies where you respect them, but you might not actually like them, and. Uh, I wonder. I'm trying to think of a good example from from my taste that would kind of meet that requirement. But
1: well, think on it. In the meantime, I'll mention this director of this movie. So it's uh, his name's Ari Aster. He also wrote the movie. Hmm. He wrote and directed his previous film, which was, as we mentioned in part one, Hereditary. And his idea for this film he said, was he wanted to make a breakup movie that was dressed in the clothes of a folk horror film. Which Mission accomplished. feel like, yeah, he did pretty well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, the cast. So, number one, with a bullet, Florence Pugh as Danny Arder. Incredible. Uh, Just say incredible. Say what you will about the movie, man. She is, yeah, she nailed she's it. she's awesome unreal in this so good and i heard she was also in wrestling with my
0: family which i saw a trailer for but never watched. fighting with my family yeah Yeah. and it's that wrestling movie where the whole family's like wrestlers and i never saw it but she's apparently leading in that too
1: directed by steven merchant of all people um and yeah, 2019 was like her year because she's in that this and also little women Oh, wow.
2: Wow, really? Which she
1: was uh, another podcast episode, by the way, if you want to go listen to that. Really, really good in Little Women as well. Hmm. Totally different role, too. So, uh, you know, shows some range. But uh, interestingly enough, also a movie featuring her getting uh, crowned with a crown of flowers. I saw little women after I'd seen this movie so like <laughs> when that happened I was like Yikes. oh don't do that
0: oh no yeah what direction is this going
1: in now yeah bad things happen when that
0: she, she did a great <laughs> job of disappearing into the role um and I think that I think that that's that's like the I think that's the actor's first responsibility
1: good american right? accent not an american yeah, wow. where is she where is she from she's british right yeah she's uh english uh in point of fact There is only one American actor in this movie. You guys want to guess who it is? Yeah,
2: Yeah. who would it be? All right, well, I'll
1: keep going through the cast. You guys can lay your bets. So, number two, Jack Rayner as Christian Hughes. Very good as playing a huge douche. He just... He
0: nailed it, I think. I think he nailed it. Uh, Everything from... I mean, part of what sucks about him, right, is that he does. I mean, he's gaslighting her like most like he's clearly been gaslighting her for like a year and a half at this point, based on what they said in the beginning of the movie. And he is clearly the expert gaslighter of you you can tell that his internal monologue is along the lines of, well, as long as I say nothing and let her draw her own conclusions, I'm not misleading anybody. Right. Right. That seems to be his sort of, uh, his form of gaslighting. Pretty common amongst people like that. But he does it to his friends, too. Oh, he does it to everyone. And he even tries right. to do it to the, uh, he even tries to do it to the the hosts of the party. Like when the, when the holy book goes missing, whatever, I couldn't tell what they were yeah, calling yeah. it. But he's like, I just want you to know that yeah. we have nothing to do with that guy. It's like, uh, pretty sure, pretty sure you do, actually.
2: Yeah
1: when yeah well I'll, we'll circle back that there is another way that he should have responded to that situation but we'll get to that next William Jackson Harper played Josh Josh was good very good but I don't think he's American mm-hmm. I bet he's British yeah I agree Wilhelm Blomgren as Pella
2: he was good I liked his character he's the American he was a good bridge yeah he's the no, American. Really. He's
1: not. And then uh, yeah. Will Poulter played Mark, eyebrows. Mark is American, isn't he? William Jackson Harper is the American. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. So no, uh, is, no good who, place fans here, huh?
2: No. no when you watch I mean, that show, I've seen it. All right, I've seen one or two episodes. I, I need to get into between
0: it the good wife and the good son. You'll, you'll arrive kids, at a good you know. place. <laughs> 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 I mean, they they were they were fantastic. I thought uh, I, I wouldn't have changed any of the casting either. I'm really impressed, yeah. and and I think that folks who, I think that's something that folks who really enjoy acting can take out of this movie. So if they might not like horror in general, but they like really good acting, here you go.
1: Yeah, it also does mm. seem really like one of those movies that would have been a real blast to work on.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun scenery and and craftsmanship required with the uh, natural flowers and arrangements. Oh, yeah, and so. th-
1: th- th- this is something I said while watching it, actually. Was, uh, I wonder what the flower budget was on this movie. Mm. Which was, I think, my first prediction that there would be a lot of flowers in the It movie. was hard not to laugh.
0: I think I, think I did a <laughs> checklist on my predictions. I feel
1: pretty good about how they went. Yeah, a lot of them went pretty I well. I
2: did. Even the gnome, I, I, I feel good about mine too. But I didn't have that many.
1: <laughs> there is a way in which the gnome, I feel like, could even kind of be called correct. We'll we'll talk about that guy in a minute. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I agree. But um,
1: I think in, in a in a weird way, the opening, the the like mini movie that opens this film is maybe the strongest part of the whole film this like slow burn ominous dread filled little vignette leading up to the murder suicide committed by Danny's sister mm. is just yeah. so strong yeah and i don't know it it even though i didn't wind up ultimately liking the film when i saw it the first time it i thought this was a really good sign that when I was watching it just because it was so it gripping when you watch it. You know, those Facebook posts that she's reading are so ominous and you learn so much from nice little breadcrumbs that are laid out for you. It, it builds the dread very steadily, but it lets the audience yeah. connect the dots. It doesn't hit you over the head with anything. It just, right. it, it, you know, it gives you just as much information as you need and lets you figure things out and you put everything together yourself. And then it ends on this like, you know, horrifying haunting image with the sister, you know, I and think then, this is, yeah,
0: this is really a great example of the difference between horror and terror. If, yeah. if terror is the anticipation of a horrifying event and the dread that comes with it, that was just palpable at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Um, I do also like like to call out Mark's first line in this movie. It tells you everything you need to know about him, which is, um, I'm just smoking some resin with Mark. <laughs> Bye, Mark. Bye, Mark. Hi, Mark. Smoking <laughs> resin. Okay. Oh. Resin. Jesus mm. Christ. But w- what I really want to ask you guys is what this, mo- this mini movie in the beginning establishes that sets up the rest of the film is this scenario between Christian and Danny. So, you guys have had relationships in the the past. You've been dating people in the past. Let's say that you were, like Christian was, on the absolute precipice, on the verge of breaking up with somebody. And then this happens to them. Would you still go through with it? Would you be able to break up with them then? What would you do?
2: I think I'd have a very difficult time breaking up with them at, at that moment. I think I would want to be humane enough to try to be there for them without adding drama by addressing that issue and try to get them to a stable place but then
0: when can a, you a break good up place again? even yeah
2: a good place maybe once they're ready for us to sit on the couch and watch the good. specifically
0: place. not sweden
2: right but then like I, when no, is i it? wouldn't like want a month to take them to sweden though yeah the this this option that he chose was insane uh, i
0: mean that's a, i think that's a, a tough question but when i think i think you can your question was pretty straightforward in a way, right? You know, would you break up with this person after something horrible had just happened? And um, no, I mean, the answer is no. But you have to like think about how did you kind of get into this relationship with this person? And that's where I wonder about Christian's motives. Like was Christian with, I guess we actually hear a little bit about Christian's motives because Christian mentions when he's having that first conversation with his friends without uh, you know, between phone calls from from Danny. He mentions that he, he thinks he might regret breaking up with her. And so I think that says that there is, like, some care that he has, like, some level of uh, attachment. But mm. he also seems like the kind of person who, I don't know, just pretty self-centered, right? Like, doesn't really seem <laughs> yeah. to give a shit about his girlfriend. So the idea that he, like... Right. So there's this like selfish uh, motivation for staying with her. Well, what if I regret breaking up with her? It's like, go fuck yourself, Christian.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, every decision is totally path of least resistance for him. Yeah. And he, he's he's yeah. kind of toast in
0: that way, right? Like it, he never really stands up for anything that matters. And, and kind of all of his friends have different ways of dealing with it, right? Like Mark, for example, tells him like, you get over yourself and actually like grow a spine Josh tells him, you know, you're on the right path, but make a fucking decision because you've got other shit to worry about. And um, uh, Pella, right? It's Pella is the is yeah. the third friend. Pella. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, kind of has his own angle, which is, yes, clearly they need to break up, but also I have my designs on Danny.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. So yeah.
0: they all agree in a way that he needs to, you know, grow a spine and, and do something, which is true. Um, but... I I have definitely been in relationships where I was fairly disillusioned with him. Uh, something horrible like this happening would have been enough to cancel the plans to go to fucking Sweden. So <laughs> it's a pretty shocking moral failure on his part that he didn't say, OK, I'm not going to Sweden.
1: And the way he lets her find yeah. out. Is just like, you know, so they're at a party and someone just lets it slip. It's just like, oh yeah, we're going to Sweden in two weeks. Yeah. You already bought a ticket.
0: You already <laughs> bought a ticket. He's like, Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we were gonna go. Like, and then and he's gaslighting her, right? So, like back to the checklist, my predictions, yeah. he was gaslighting her the whole time. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And that is yeah. and that is probably for me one of the most upsetting things in a film. Um, I, you know, I think everyone's had their own personal experiences with gaslighting and, uh, it's not fun to be gaslit. So for him to just be like, yeah, well, you know, I, I told you that I was going to go and like, and she was clearly very dependent and was like, well, yeah, my, my mistake.
1: I didn't remind him that it was my birthday. (laughs)
0: Like, come on, Christian. Mm, That,
1: uh, that line in particular is very pathetic. You just feel terrible
0: for Danny, you know? And and yeah. what it and what it do, yeah. and what it does uh, sorry what it does for me is it makes me not really sympathetic with Christian anymore right I mean this is a guy who's kind of made his bed and now you're watching him lay in it and at this and on the other hand you're also watching Danny find a family that she's desperately been looking for uh, right because she she had in a sense already lost her sister before the murder suicide. She was already clearly, um, you know, not attached to her parents and and missed that. She was leaning very heavily on Christian. Now, granted, Christian was an asshole, but she was clearly like lacking in friends,
1: right? Um, well, she had the one friend she was on the phone with, complaining to Christian about. Yeah, the, what about the, her? Whatever happened to that girl? She had the one friend,
0: right? You don't even right. see her. And and granted, like I guess I'm not I'm not ganging up on Danny. It's just that you could tell that Danny was very alone. And in a way, this is a really yeah. happy ending for Danny, right? This movie and, and is like is a very yeah. happy ending for Danny, and you can and and they um they lock it in. They cement that happy ending with her smiling in the very last shot. Oh, the
2: smile at right? the end.
0: Ugh, perfect. And for me, it wasn't so much. Uh, like it wasn't a smile of like, I got my revenge and this is retribution as much as I finally have a home I and a family somewhere. and I belong somewhere with yeah. people who actually yeah. care, like people who actually... Care about and me. that's the thing about the community that they visit is that they might be murderous in a way, right? But they care very, very much about each other. And yes. what who was is, who is the... Um, was it like Sadie and Charles Manson? It was like, um, uh, you know, we killed, we killed them because we did it with love. Right. Like there's definitely some vibes there yeah. and, and it's believable, honestly, like you can watch what they're doing and be like, no, these people like really mean what they're saying.
2: Yeah, that's true. The, the logic of their culture is, is well-defined and they, they're empathetic Even, like, it's so interesting even when they have, even when people are crying or burning in flames and screaming, the crowd is trying to mimic the emotion and feel it with them. That was huge. And that was really, really affecting,
0: I thought, right? And that's actually, like, I thought that was perfect, right? When she, for example, witnesses him being part of the sex ritual and then starts having a panic attack, right? And then the women surround her and start having the panic attack with her, right? Yes. That was a poetic form of solidarity that she never got from Christian about anything, right? right? Christian, if we compare that to the way that Christian treated her in that very first phone call that they had in the movie, he was like, oh, you know, this is your fault, like, that you're dealing with these problems. Like, I'm kind of tired of hearing about it. And
2: Well, and they had that big scene after her family had died. Where she was crying and and pretty much just he's just sitting there like furniture, you know, Mm -hmm. while she's crying her soul out on his lap. May that be a piece of
0: advice to men in general. This is not a gendered thing, by the way, but just I think men in, in particular have a problem with this. Generally speaking, when someone is in a lot of pain, folks are not looking to feel better as long as to know that they're rather than know that they are not alone. And that's making right. someone feel better. Oh, well, you shouldn't feel bad with this horrible, horrible. I mean, come on. There was nothing that, that could have possibly been said. And that's the genius of, I think, these other scenes where all of these other people, regardless of the event, something painful happens to one in the group. And they all collectively join in feeling that pain. Right. And right. that's something that I think would be a valid lesson for most people in relationships to understand when some when one person is in pain. Uh, one of the most pow- powerful things you can do is help to uh, feel that pain with them
1: rather Probably than try small to, like... comfort to the better. guys who were burning to death in that building, but, uh, you know...
0: <laughs> but that's all the way at the end. Well, but,
2: you know, it, it's like, look at how Pella uh, treated Danny around the knowledge of her parents' uh, death. You know, he was very empathetic, very sorry when he saw that he kind of disturbed her by bringing it up and but you know, at the same time he didn't
1: treat her
0: but at the same time he didn't treat her with kid gloves <laughs> and I thought that was another interesting thing because there was that point where you know that he mentioned that he lost his parents and that he mentions it a couple times the first time it doesn't happen but the second time you know she basically tries to shut him out and he actually and he says no, he no. says no listen listen to me I lost my parents in a fire they burned to death and that was kind of, that's like one of those like shocking moments, which I think to the casual observer would be like, how are you saying this to someone who's in so much pain? But I have had personal experiences where that was what got through to me, right? Yeah. Someone saying, I am also feeling something very awful and I will be very candid with that pain. Um, and that yeah. actually, and because it made me feel not alone, it was very, it was very powerful.
1: Right. Keep in mind, though, that Pella is motivated by the fact that he is intending to seduce Danny into joining this cult, and he wants to seduce her personally as well. Does he seduce her personally in the director's cut? Because it doesn't happen in the original I don't know what happens in the director's cut. I do know he lays one on her when she wins May Queen.
2: Yeah, that's right. He does kiss her.
1: I think he's interested in her. Yeah. But
0: if she's happy with that, is that really such a bad ending?
2: No, it's not. I
1: think it's a happy ending for her. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's a cult. Let's not
2: make them out to
1: be, you know, too, too much of the panacea for all of our ills in modern
0: society no certainly not certainly not but when you think about like but but if someone is coming to me and saying you know if if someone else watches this movie and says i don't understand danny how could she fall into this i think it's pretty clear why she would fall into it it's all of those reasons she finally
1: found a family i
2: agree with your analysis i think you're spot on john all
1: right well as far as the movie goes christian uh as in his gaslighting way, drops it on his boys that Danny's coming with us on this bros trip to Sweden that we all had planned. And by the way, you guys know and you're cool with it. And she's coming up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Dick, what a dick. They arrive at the place, and there's this interesting scene that happens right when they arrive in Sweden but before they actually get to the commune which is like there's almost like an antechamber space to the commune where they it's a beautiful field and they all meet up with some other other commune people and some other visitors and they all take mushrooms together
0: mm. number one I, was it all was it I know that they were some of them are doing mushroom tea but was everyone eating mushrooms? Was that the solid stuff that some of the people were eating? Or was that pot?
1: Yeah, I, I believe so.
2: It was, it was mushrooms, I um, think.
1: There were two things that I thought about this scene. Number one, I thought, wow, okay. Number it, like Danny should not trip, given how right. fucked she is on Which the inside. Which was
2: her instinct, too, right? Say what? That was her was instinct, her instinct. She as well. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And that was another, should
1: not be tripping. that was another failure
0: of Christian as her boyfriend, so, oh I know i mean just um, just yeah. as a friend, let alone a boyfriend, but especially as a boyfriend, you need to be like if you' yeah, a this reali- girl can't
2: yeah, don't N- no
3: uh,
0: notice way. to all notice to all partners of any gender and, or persuasion if your partner has is going through some shit and does not want to partake, show some solidarity and maybe abstain for one fucking night.
2: Yeah,
1: and it did lead to a pretty funny and scene. Don't though. pressure that. Clearly, yeah. whoever wrote the scene knows a little bit about tripping because it it rang true. It was funny. Yeah. Oh because- my god, new people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's true. I mean, it's,
0: I, I yeah. think what was especially um, I think what was especially relevant was that her trip was okay at first, and then turned very quickly, and it turned quickly. And you could tell because she was saying things like "Stop thinking about that," "Stop thinking about that," where she could not stop her mind from going into a dark place, and that can happen when you're high on mushrooms. And someone said the word "family," and
2: that's right. That's what triggered. And if
0: you don't, and if you don't, if you can't stop yourself, or if you don't have someone there who can help you stop going down that way, you're going to have a bad trip, and it's going to ruin the whole experience. I mean your your brain is your brain is kind of on x games mode as it were if you're on mushrooms and it can go right down right off a cliff into a dark abyss of despair if that's what you're primed with and to be honest that's why yeah. that's why a lot of depressed people have you know really bad trips and they and they say oh i can't do drugs it's because they're not with the right people and because they're already dealing
1: with some like really brutal shit. and that's what a not pin re- in that mm-hmm. um can't stop yourself from having a bad trip idea because that. Uh, specifically is an idea that I'm going to bring up again uh, during a later part. Sure. Uh, and it, it also circles back to something that we've already talked about. So keep that in mind because we're going to talk about it again. Sure. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, though, about this scene is that uh, from the commune's perspective, it's a clever idea because having everyone trip out there is a pretty good way to disorient everyone and make sure that nobody mm. has the slightest fucking idea where they are when they lead them in
2: yeah that's right
1: what if someone runs away and tries to
2: get out where yeah, are they? they're not gonna have a good time finding yeah the it way. was pretty
0: clear that if any of them wanted to leave, and that that's actually one of the things with movies in general where people end up in this dangerous situation. Often with worse films, you're wondering as the audience, why don't you just leave? Just leave. Here yeah. I did not believe that they were able to leave. That they yeah, I, I, go I, I where? couldn't Yeah, where are they gonna go? Right? They don't they...
2: look what happened when they tried. <laughs>
1: They did a great job. They were
2: flayed and and told each other that they were taken to the station. "Quote unquote." Taken to the
1: station, all right. Yeah. Could we could
0: we take just two minutes and run down the predictions list and see where we where we hit it and where we didn't?
1: Mm-hmm. So, here's kind of uh, what I had, and I wrote them down in a few different spots. So. That we might loop around a little bit. So we had that it was gonna involve dark magics and the old world, uh pagan rituals, kind of like true detective season one. Maybe some mm-hmm. cult sacrifices involving crowns of thorns or antlers. You know, like a blood sacrifice. You know, mm, there, and there were flayings, and, and, yep. decapitations.
0: So by the way, that flaying of the in the chicken coop. I forget what his what that character's name was. Was it Johnny? Simon. Simon. That flaying. You're looking at his lungs
2: pulled. It's a blood yes. eagle.
0: Yeah. And I learned about that from Vikings. If anybody's watched that blood show, blood eagle. Yeah. It's yeah, I've seen pretty that. Pretty grim.
2: Yeah. And is. he was still alive.
0: And, and he was still alive in that shot.
2: Well, so was it that, or was it that she had had the um, influence of? Some of the tea going or something. Yeah, Christian. Well, because it Christian seemed improbable that, point, but that he's the lungs tripping were actually balls. going. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's Christian seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it's still it's. I I don't think those lungs are actually functioning. I think it's more his. Like you, his I don't think you could be under alive the under
1: those circumstances. Yeah. Hopefully not. Anyway, I would hope not. Yeah, I just. That's
2: not. After seeing them move like that, I was kind of looking at it, and they gave you a better angle on it, and there's no way that that was a a still-functioning lung apparatus. Like, his skin was a pancake. It just, yeah.
1: (laughs) The main girl would be female and join the cult? Yep, she did. Sure did.
2: Yep. Hey, did I not say that she would become... More into it than anyone else. She became the May Queen. Yep, she did. And she was ordering hits at the end. <laughs> there
1: would be a lot of flowers. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, yeah, broke that's... the uh, broke the flower budget. I think. Um, yep. That there would be a heavy emphasis on aesthetic beauty, and yes, that's I think the main thing about this movie is how like visually beautiful it is. Especially for I like
2: the special effects they use film. for the for the um, mushrooms vision as yeah. well. They did a good job with that. A I tasteful
1: yeah. amount of hallucination.
2: Yeah, didn't yeah.
1: overdo it. Just kind of like a nice little touch. Was it produced in Scandinavia, a European film? No, it's an American film. But was there stereotypical old world Europeanness?
2: yeah oh, you yeah, betcha. absolutely i mean they, they, they even had
1: the they even had the runes the nordic runes yeah.
2: the runes and the rune stones
1: they did i will say film in europe although not in sweden interestingly enough they filmed it in hungary would you say the movie was kind of like antichrist yeah
0: i would say so there's a sort of like i think there's a sort of um feminine liberation thread through both
1: yeah the cult is a little matriarchal um, Well, w- th- there was a lot of gaslighting. We'll talk more about how it goes down now that we're actually talking about the parts at the commune, too. <laughs> this is perfectly normal, what's happening here. <laughs> was there a mumbler?
2: There were several, several mumblers.
0: Yeah. Um, Pella was pretty soft-spoken. Christian was pretty soft-spoken, too, for the most part, especially when he was talking to Danny. Anything that he said to Danny, he was like being quiet about saying because he knew he was full of shit. Yeah,
2: that's Mm. fair.
0: There was indeed a lot of crying. So much crying. Oh, my God. So much crying. Wailing and sobbing. Wailing. Oh, absolutely, man. (laughs) Like
1: every five minutes or so it was happening. The cults did produce some willing victims. Animal sounds used for scares. I'm not sure if that one really came through, but that's a whiff. Yeah, not that one. Unless you count humans as animals. There was the bear. Unless you count humans.
2: No, there's no.
1: That's (laughs) stretching it to the the breaking point. Make any sounds? Was there a gnome? I am gonna say yes. What was the gnome?
2: A troll figure. A, 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 you, the...
1: So you, you went on to say a tiny person-like creature that are like the gods that they are performing rituals to, but mm-hmm. I'm going to stretch it a little bit and say that, you know, Reuben, the disabled boy who writes their sacred yeah. book? Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, he filled that role. I That's who I thought you would say, David. I, I David. feel like he
1: <laughs> kind of a little bit fits into that. Was it ultimately a coming-of-age story? No, it's ultimately a coming home story. <laughs>
2: well, but
1: I mean, there—sweet home Scandinavia—is there yeah. that what
0: this
2: movie is? There were themes of fertility and and such that could be the uh,
1: the one girl finally stretched. hit her Svældbringa and or whatever, where you know she <laughs> yeah, produced her first right. moon blood. <laughs> He was supposed ready to, to bring an
2: outsider in and kill him and stuff him in a bear. It, it, it was very funny for
0: <laughs> there to be so much, and and that's and that's the thing I like about matriarchal societies in general, right? Is that, um, is that there's a sort of frankness to it. Like when 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 I think when I yeah. think about like contemporary feminism, part of me is just like, please just replace the government with like all women, just like just take all the dudes out of it, but. When I think about like this society, I love how they were like, "Yeah, we're just gonna sit him down, and and tell him, you know, are are you willing to to give her a child? We've approved it. We've pre-approved it. It was like he got a credit card offer in the mail, you know. Except it was, (laughs) please deflower this this innocent virgin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have it, see John.
2: We've scanned your astrological, uh, our astrological match, determined that you're a match. So I was hoping out, to see John, some
1: more that women are as bad at
0: things as men are. I was yeah, the, the truth, the truly feminist thing to say, I suppose.
1: But not as edgy as you normally are, Dave. Let's be honest. <laughs> the, speaking of the, you know, the, the match thing uh, here at the beginning, as they're being introduced to this beautiful place that they have arrived for this nine day festival, uh, we see this uh, little foreshadowing tapestry with the love story on it. That's uh, that was it's, nec- it's next to the bear, which goes almost uncommented <laughs> upon. Uh we just going to ignore the bear then. Um that first tapestry when
0: I saw that. Yeah. Kind of kind of it tells you. If you if you actually read it, it tells you what's going to happen. It tells you, you exactly happen. what happens to Christian. Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, it, th- there's actually in the images that you see like on the walls or in everything if you look at them, it tells you exactly what's going to happen in a lot of the movies. So this is, this also goes to what I was saying about the film, not holding any surprises for you. When I was watching, you know, you're just sort of like, Oh, so this is happening. Just like the tapestry I saw an hour ago. All right. All right. Whatever that, you know, so that was, that went a little bit
0: to my frustration. The The, the way you're describing it, is like being trapped in the car and you're not driving and you know exactly where the car is going and you don't like any of the scenery along the
1: way
3: hmm.
1: well it's like the scenery is even okay but it's it's like I can see it coming the whole time and then it finally arrives and it's like I just check it off and then it's on to the next box to tick hmm you know so it's hereditary but- not the same way Right, hereditary sort of had uh, I I couldn't anticipate quite so much, so I enjoyed it a little bit more. Christian also forgets that it's Danny's birthday, by the way, but you know who remembers? Pella. Pella, because he likes her. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So like forgetting forgetting your girl's birthday is kind of like that's a cardinal sin,
1: especially after all yeah, this, right? Good. So. They find out that uh, the next day there is going to be an attestupa, which is some kind of ritual. Now, this scene I wanted to call out a little bit because Josh, who's doing a thesis on, you know, Norse stuff, he knows what an attestupa is. When mm. when Pella says there's gonna be an attestupa tomorrow, Josh is like, wait, you mean like an actual? at the stupa? And Pella's like, yeah, an actual one. And Josh is like, whoa. And it was like, Josh, what is it? What He's is like, it? just you like, just wait. Like, well, Too complicated to tomorrow. Can't, yeah, yeah. Can't tell me. Yeah, yeah
2: right
0: to explain. Now. Too complicated to explain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like, you are gonna you are in for it tomorrow, guys. Wow. <laughs> but then, in the next scene, when it happens he acts as surprised as everybody else. Hmm. So what's going on there?
0: Well, to be pedantic, there's not that much confirmation in that initial conversation about a real one. People are, like There's not subtext that says they're really going to die as much as, oh, they're going to do an stupa. I think that it's fair to say that Josh, or I think later they called him Yash. Right I think well,
1: because it's with a j right,
0: right, right, yeah, it's there, I think Josh probably presumed that it was still a metaphorical at a stupa and yeah. did not really expect it to be what it was now, for those who don't know what an a stupa is, hopefully you've already seen the film, but um, I would describe it as minimalist base
2: jumping <laughs>
1: <laughs> hyper minimal. <laughs>
2: Now wait a minute. Is is so? Do you do we know that an stupa describes just exactly that type of act that they committed, jumping off that cliff? Yeah.
1: Well, so after the movie, I looked it up, and it's got a little Wikipedia page, and an attestupa is a name given to a number of precipices in Sweden, Norway, and Iceland and it is the name supposedly denoting where ritual uh, elder suicides took place during prehistoric Nordic times where elderly people would throw themselves or would be thrown to their deaths. Hmm. Uh, It is now, however, generally accepted amongst researchers that the practice was uh, never one that actually existed. It just was made up in legends and sagas. Okay. Okay. So. I thought it was
0: interesting that they used a little bit of cultural relativism here to allay the, you know, to help the audience suspend disbelief in what was going on because they, they were pretty upset about it. The guests, as they were, were pretty upset about what had happened, but they didn't immediately say, I'm going home.
1: Well, some of them did. I mean, so this yeah. brings us back to kind of, you know, uh, this movie presents a lot of opportunities for this. What would you do? Oh yeah, that's actually really, really fun to think about. So number one, number
0: one, if my girl had just lost her family, sorry, bros, Don't I'm not go going ahead. to Sweden. I gotta, I gotta yeah. at least spend some time with my girl. But see, this is also where I think Christian failed as a boyfriend and as just a friend. Like if you're in a relationship with someone, part of it, part of it is like you need to help that person like build up their rapport with other people, right? Like a healthy a healthy right. relationship is never one and then only one, right? It's it's you're a, a complementary part of the other relationships that they can have and they can build, and you're supportive enough that they're you know able to do that. And he was clearly failing, right? So he's complaining on the one mm-hmm. hand that he's her only source of support, and at the same time,
2: but he's not supporting her. Very but he's well. not supporting her. You know, it- yeah, in any her her family just died in the most gruesome way and she's crying her eyes out and then it's the next morning and he just pops in and says you know how are you feeling you know you oh, feeling God, okay what a dick Let's right? go. like what a dick like, like
0: hearing what? that so number 1 the first thing i would do is even if i had made all those mistakes so far cool
1: it with the transatlantic travel yeah but also i mean guys you've art you've brought her to this place and now you've seen two people die in this insanely gory fashion i i can't believe they stay like would you stay after seeing something like that
2: i don't yeah I, the thing is the the Atta stupa itself to me is not enough like, I didn't, I understand and, like, the explanation of the ritual where it's they have this kind of predetermined order at different ages and at 72, that's the ritual. Dumb. I, I mean, yeah, I I, I wouldn't, that, that alone doesn't scare me off.
0: Yeah, I think I would probably not have so much moral outrage at that point, primarily because it was very willing. The folks that That jumped or just fell weren't pushed and they weren't forced and they very clearly did so of their own volitions and because they were so willing and active it's hard to say that there's a moral uh, uh, problem there you can say it you have to rely on some other you know moral precepts but it was clearly willing right so
1: but you know you saw them do that You also saw that when the guy missed and survived his fall, the other people walk up and smash his head in, take turns with that big old hammer. It's incredibly gory. It also stands out, just a nice little filmmaking note, the gore, the red gore, stands out very nicely against those blindingly white clothes that they all wear and Mm. uh, very nicely white uh, cliff face that was a nice little uh location right. they found even the yeah. the cliffs were white so nice nice job Ariaster. but um mm-hmm. so willing or not you now know that you are among people who will do this
0: yeah that's true and you and you gotta know at yeah. that point that the the moral scales are a little bit different than you might be used to that said, mm. I do think that there's a moral argument to be made that that was the moral thing to do. You should kill him as quickly as possible. He's well in, at that
1: point, sure. Yeah, Put him
2: out yes. of his misery. Yes. exactly.
0: He and he wanted to it's die. It's
2: traumatic to watch, though. It's 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 very gruesome. It would be, it would be wrenching. It wouldn't be. No, know, I'd vom. I I I'd, I'd, I'd. Yeah, it would be. It would ha- be hard to be. Uh, I I,
0: I would have like fallen to the back of the crowd and ralph yeah
2: (laughs) all
0: right so (laughs) I mean at that point at that point you know honestly like I've been in situations before where it's just so upsetting that I'm I'm like disconnected from everything like shell-shocked um in that case I don't I, I think some of the other events would have been a little bit more shocking um but in this case I probably would have been uh Like um, in a sort of survival mode, where I was looking at my girlfriend's reaction and trying to like, you know, shepherd the two of us out of that situation. So I would have almost absolutely exited at that point.
1: Yeah, same. But they stay. But but again, it's not because of moral outrage. Like I wouldn't have left
0: because I'm pissed at what they did or or that they're okay. I wouldn't have
1: felt safe there. Anymore,
2: right? And it's clearly not well, but yeah, also because of Danny's situation right. like her seeing a man and woman and like a nice looking older couple decide to plummet to their death isn't what she needs to see right, right now, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, nobody needs to see that,
1: <laughs> let alone, yeah, right? Me but too, especially right? if you
2: just lost your two, let parents, alone, Danny, I mean, like two days hey, ago, you
1: might be fine with a Danny, but I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to go. Right. Um, But Christian piles on mistakes at this point because uh, he also decides to steal Josh's thesis idea.
2: Yeah, that was really dumb. Why?
1: That was unnecessary, Josh.
0: No, sorry, not Josh. Christian. You didn't have to do that.
2: Yeah.
1: Because he's a piece of shit. Yep.
0: Isn't it? It's not. I don't think it's any accident that Christian is
1: named Christian. Probably not. Hmm. Pella I, for his part continues his two front seduction with uh his little monologue to Danny, concluding with the line, Does Christian feel like home to you? Very cleverly played, Pella. He's um, not
0: gaslighting her, but that's fucking manipulative. No kidding, right? Like that's yeah. like He's selling something. Deeply manipulative. In fact, if yeah. you if if you if you are looking for like any way to undermine someone's confidence with a relationship and you see that there's an issue like that, call it out. I mean, you're you're a huge dick for doing it, right? But like that's what's going to happen. You're going to fundamentally mm. undermine because you're going to be hitting,
1: you're going to be cutting pretty pretty close to the bone. Yeah. At this point, Mark comes back to the fore because he uh, pisses on the sacred ancestor tree. what a dick Mm. mark yeah bad move um and we also find out that the simon who we know what's gonna happen to him he's a brit who's there with his fiancee connie but he's evidently left without her which i never bought i never bought that he would have left without her oh no shit he left without her without telling her without getting his stuff
2: Makes no sense at all. No, it, she's right to scream that it's bullshit what they're telling her.
1: Yeah, it seems pretty weird, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, at that point you knew that things mm-hmm. were were turning very sinister. In fact, I would say that the stupa is probably the point at which Act Two uh, kicks off. Is has started. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, the first, the very first hint. I wrote the very first line that hinted at something like foul that that prior to that point it was mushroom trips and things but it was all you know hippy dippy fun times you know this would be a fine vacation that I would take the first thing that I when they say in passing it's his brother uh what was his name Inga Ingmar Ingmar he says uh oh they're going to play skin the fool yeah and we don't get an explanation of what that game is, but I I bet it's a little Which what where did they play it? It was
0: well, it was the flaying of uh of Simon. Of Mark.
2: Oh it was. Oh. Oh, oh was Mark. it was
1: it Mark? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And they put a fool hat on him. Yep, that's right. Oh. Yeah. So there's also, uh, speaking of uh, sinister lines, uh, Christian, rather, uh, in his Christian way, is like, so you got a problem with incest out in here? And the guy says, they try to avoid incest, but in order to avoid it, they sometimes have to invite outside people to come in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, f- foreshadows what happens.
1: Yeah, sure does. So... <laughs> But there's also that,
0: there's also a contradiction later where they say, we observe the, in that conversation, they end it with, we observe the incest taboo. And of course, Danny's looking at Christian like, the fuck are you asking that question for? Meanwhile, later, uh, when, uh, what is it, Mark is getting the um, explanation of the holy book and who actually is the oracle. Or, and that's whatnot. Josh. Josh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. My yeah, bad.
1: It's, it's hard to keep them straight.
0: Josh is getting the explanation of the holy book, and they say we intentionally inbreed oracles. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but that's where they limit it to. That's where the inbreeding is limited to in their society. Oh,
0: in that case, it's fine. Yeah. In that case, yeah, it's no, no problem. I mean,
2: <laughs> sure. I mean yeah. you need an oracle, right? I mean, it's not everybody. Everybody else is inbreeding free. Yeah.
0: And you're only doing it once a generation, right? right? Just, uh, it's yeah. It's fine.
2: Just a little bit of, just inbreeding in a little corner of society take one
1: for the team so connie's missing at dinner mark saw her sprinting somewhere it's probably fine didn't we hear did and didn't we hear screams in the background right yeah but it's it's fine actually um, everything's no uh simon called her and she went to meet him yes
2: that's bullshit
1: bullshit. clearly a lie to the station to meet him he called her on phone yes also, you guys notice that Christian's drink is a different color from everybody's in this scene?
2: Yeah, it looks very weird. I wouldn't drink it. Well, he does. Like, And it's right after he ate the pube. Or right,
1: but yeah, there's, there's a pube in his food. That's from the tapestry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yes, pube with ice. the scissors. She was doing the scissors. And that's where I was also thinking about Antichrist.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. I, I thought of that, too, from the tapestry. No spoilers for Antichrist. <sighs> yeah. But, uh yeah, yeah yeah okay uh
0: <laughs> i i mean i i think that's a that's actually um uh another old world reference right is that the, the idea that you can put a spell on someone and that by using parts of one's own body you can uh bind
1: that person to you josh gets whacked by someone who's wearing mark's fucking face oh god <laughs> fuck yeah, so this the fool got skinned. Um, mm. Mark was uh, peeled yeah. off during dinner by a hot girl because he's an idiot. And it's like, how are you going to explain these absences now? You know? Mm. But it, we talked about it earlier. This comes up. So, like, they confront them by being like, where's your friend? We think he stole our book. The Their actual response at this point should really be, you know, Christian is all like, "Oh no, we don't know him. He, he's, you know, we have nothing to do with that guy who may have stolen your book." I think his response really ought to have been, "Frankly, sir, where is our friend?" Right. Right. Yeah. That fundamental moral failure. Yeah,
2: because they didn't know where he people was. People
1: been going missing around here.
0: But that's the that's the consistent moral failure of all of the characters who meet their demise is. Maybe with the exception, well, not even really, because each one of them commits some crime in some way, either against the group in a legitimate way uh, or uh, against each other. They are also self-centered. They are vulnerable to these attacks, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Mark mm-hmm. just wants to get his rocks off. So the idea that, you know, some Scandinavian uh, brunette would seduce him is like, oh, yeah, sure. It's like, bro, Really, you're just going to abandon your friends (laughs) to get some like you're I don't know. I think I think the group probably felt very like morally okay with everything they were doing, which I think is interesting. But and you really can't Mm -hmm. say that the victims, as they were, um, are blameless, which is an interesting problem because, you know, victim blaming is not a great thing to do. But in this case, I think they kind of had it coming. They don't
1: deserve what happened to them, though.
0: (laughs) Well, even Christian. Simon definitely didn't deserve what happened to him. Simon and Connie seemed very blameless. They seemed like a sweet couple. Yeah.
1: Oh, but they were British, so. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the big May Queen dance off, and I do like this scene. Such a good scene. Um, Gorgeous scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They all trip again, and in the course of that, Danny starts actually speaking Swedish a little bit, Which I think, for my sake, I feel like is meant to clue us in that something truly like primal and pagan and, you know, old gods is starting to happen here. Mm -hmm. You know, long story short, Danny wins and she is crowned the May Queen.
0: I don't think it's any accident that they cast Florence Pugh for this. And I don't think it's any accident that they made her hair blonde in this movie. I think that was very intentional.
1: so she looks like she belongs. So she looks
0: like she belongs in the Scandinavian environment. And granted, there's plenty of brunettes in Scandinavia. The, the blonde thing is kind of a, you know, a stereotype. Yeah.
1: Did you guys catch, I did not catch this on my own. It's something that was pointed out to me, uh, on the internet when she's being walked triumphantly after her victory, uh, towards, the uh, side of the frame in the trees on the other side of her you can make out the image of her sister's face in the trees did either of you see it no uh and I'll google it afterwards it's pretty uh it's, it's startling once you see it Ugh. and of course this is also where we get the trippy flowers when she's wearing her may queen crown at, uh, Which
0: looked incredible, by the way. Like, yeah. can, I think that anyone who is into costuming or production design needs to see this movie. Because even if they're not into horror, even if they're not into the story, it, this is like a master class of excellent production design. And they also somehow make it look believable that these people out in the middle of nowhere would somehow be able to produce all of these flowers
1: well you know what originally attracted I was very excited to see this film and what originally attracted me to it was the fact that I was very interested in the conceit of trying to do a horror movie that took place entirely in blinding sunlight like it seemed like the whole thing was going to take place you know in the land of the midnight sun where it never gets dark It's always basically daylight. And not only that, but it's like bright day with these blindingly white clothes and bright flowers. Basically, like, can you do a horror movie where the visual aesthetic is the complete opposite of what a horror movie Mm. is supposed to be? What you've been trained to expect in your mind. It's all like bright, shiny, happy people.
0: And everyone is so clean. It honestly, it it looked like you were watching a polyphonic spree concert.
2: Yeah, but I might argue that the the scariest and creepiest parts of what goes on are scenes that take place indoors in these odd little, um, you know, man made interior spaces. These small st- structures in this weird open compound.
1: Well, I think too, like, you know, the the trick is that within that idea is like, it's the fact that it is a cult, like the, you know, the bright, shiny, happy people ideas, like that gets scary when it's everyone's bright and shiny and happy because it's a cult.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you you almost wondered if they were Mormons, right? Like if they weren't, if there weren't so many <laughs> Nordic
1: runes, you, you might believe that this was a Mormon commune. So, while Danny is becoming the May Queen, uh, Christian finds out that he has been approved to mate with Maja. Mate is a very cold word, by the way. Hmm. Been he also should have seen that
0: coming, right? I mean, the she's idea been circling
1: that, him the whole movie.
0: Well, not not the not the yeah. seduction, but that it was simply a breeding exercise and not an actual. Um Like marriage or union of any sort,
1: yeah, I guess, but you um, you,
0: you do imagine mm-hmm. at that point that he could have probably saved his own skin, you know, had he been a little bit more uh i don't know decent, you know where
2: like when he uh, made a mistake and drank a trip tea when he knew he shouldn't, okay. And he initially declined it and then decides, uh, fuck it, I hate myself and I'm going to chug it.
1: Okay, the the scene basically goes like this. Here, drink this. What is it? It's basically a rape drink. It'll let us do whatever we want to you once you've had it. Well, I don't think I want to drink it. She doesn't say that. You do, trust
0: me. She says it's spring water with essential vitamins
2: and minerals. (laughs) No, with other ingredients that will make you open to the influence. It will make
1: you open to the influence and, uh, like, receptive to, like, control or something. Like, like it basically, yeah, it's basically, she basically says, like, it's Rufy's. And he says, (laughs) I don't think I want it. And she's like, oh, you do. Trust me. I was like, oh, well, all right, then.
0: Down the hatch well, because she knows that he is really just mercenary when it comes to sex and relationships, and for him, it's all about what he's getting out of it, so the idea that he would you know be able to get with that girl uh with no strings attached, as it were, you know I'm sure was pretty
1: well, I mean, frankly, it is a good thing that he's drugged up because I don't think I would have been able I don't know about you guys. But I would not have been able to sexually perform under those same circumstances
2: with all of those weird other naked women around in a semicircle interested in in some cases participating and singing yeah, it was- like I, right up in your
1: face <laughs> i hands on your butt pushing what, on you i was that her mom? That came down to hold her hand. Presumably. presumably. It's like, oh, you must be having a great time.
0: I, I, <laughs> so as dark as that scene was, that was hot. That was a hot scene to me. Like, what? Th- <laughs> yeah, that scene, that I thought that scene was very hot in a very twisted way. Um, mm. Because for a couple reasons. First of all, he's clearly a goner at this point. Like, I, I kind of knew at this point that there was no way he was coming back from this, right? Unless some incredible thing happened and he tried to like, John. You know, he's
1: been the most dead of all of the dead people, right? The entire movie, right, right.
0: Um, yeah, but that I, I think something that I think the thing that was sexy about that scene to me was not really the sex. I mean, all, but but really the fact that it was so uh communal and supportive in this like (laughs) like to be honest like they were all like yeah like we're here for you so that you can get off and maybe the girl (laughs) no they were there for the girl yeah not for the dude but i'm not i'm not thinking about the dude at that point i'm thinking about the community and um and i think that that's something that like uh is kind of undervalued in sexual relationships especially when people think about group sex it's like sometimes sometimes group sex is just a a generally supportive experience and not like something you might watch on like a check gangbang video right but you understand that he's basically being raped right yeah yeah i mean i think at this point at this point, I'm not really morally concerned with him anymore because he's already made his bed. Okay. Now he's literally lying in yeah. it. And okay, you know, but when I...
2: He didn't need to drink that No, he didn't.
0: He didn't. And he didn't have to be a shitbag and he never had to go to Sweden, right? But at this point, like, I was right. like, I have the strangest boner right now. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed the scene and it's not because like it's not because like all the women in the back were hot or anything I mean that would, but what was interesting was that everyone was was presented all of those women were presented as very clean and very sweet and I think that reinforces the seriousness of the matriarchal structure in that society um so uh yeah I I mean I have a lot of reasons to enjoy that scene. Uh but yeah, at that point he's kind of uh he's kind of a goner.
1: Well, very much so, yes. He runs out completely naked uh once he finishes, which basically I mean that's what I'm like when I have sex too. I just come and then get up and run out the door as quickly as possible. <laughs> I love that mm-hmm. he tried to like hide around leave my clothes behind, panicked. just like I'm out
0: of there. I love that he tried to like hide his dick out in the wilderness. It's like, bro, it, no one cares. <laughs> no
1: well, one but cares. when you're no, it's also he's running and so if he doesn't cup his hands over his balls, they'll just be bouncing as he sprints and it would hurt. Um, is what he has to <laughs> do fine. there. So, uh but also um in apparently in the original way this was scripted, he would have grabbed a robe to cover himself, but the actor Actually, thought that he should run out naked because he felt like in horror movies, so many times, uh, women have been sexually humiliated by being shown naked, mm. uh, and you know, like sex scenes and stuff, stuff like that in so many horror films. He's like, "Show me naked. Have have this character yeah. sexually humiliated like that. I'll run out naked."
0: That nice. was a welcome change of pace. Honestly. Yeah, and like, so yeah, good you know,
2: on yeah.
1: him. So they did it that way.
0: I think. I think that. I think that a lot of people. Uh, would say that we need more dicks in mainstream cinema. <laughs> I'm sure Tyler
1: Durden would. Um, oh man! But so <laughs> you
2: you saw Game of Thrones, though, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> plenty of well, there wasn't a ton of dong. on
2: Wieners, that. Wieners, Wieners. Um, <laughs>
1: the, the, the South Park overstated how much wiener there was on Game There really of wasn't. There really wasn't that yeah. much dong.
2: There wasn't that much. No, but
1: yeah. critically, Danny observes him having sex and has her big freak out scene. I do think it is a little funny that after all of this and after all she has been through and that after all that we've seen, uh, the trigger for her to have this huge final freak out is that she sees her boyfriend cheating on her. (laughs) And, but apart from that, this is where what we talked about earlier happens, where she has her huge, big breakdown and every, all the other women around her share her pain, right? And yep. I, I told you I wanted to loop back to this. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to mention, is that uh, we also talked about tripping and bad trips. What I was reminded of in this scene, so the way the other women help her here, and you know, it's part of what's selling her on the community, right, is that, it's what Pella said, she feels held, she feels accepted, part of a family, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's something that this commune does, and she likes it. This technique that they're doing, this the sharing of the emotion, sharing of the pain, it's very similar to something that Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters used to do in order to help people get through, and stop having bad trips. They used Hmm. to do something called total attention, which was when they sensed that someone... The the Merry Pranksters were a group of people who coalesced around Ken Kesey, the author, and went around uh, famously in a big psychedelic bus trying to spread the gospel of uh lsd and what it can do for like opening up your mind and shit they're like the prototypical Mm. hippies and um what total attention was was when someone started to have a bad trip which like you said john is something that can be very much a vicious cycle kind of the more you try to fight it the more you get fixated on it and you just can't get out of it the merry pranksters everyone around them would just focus entirely on them and entirely on their needs and just and just completely kind of sublimate themselves to the person having the problem and that would bring them down it would lower the temperature inside their head
0: mm. and so yeah. and it's clearly effective in the film right i mean it clearly yeah, works it, but it, I it really, really to... seems
1: to be an effective technique
0: but I do have to take issue with the, the. Uh, I think you were begging the question in the beginning there, because uh, I don't believe that the reason that she had the breakdown was because he was cheating on her. <laughs> um, I, I suspect that the real reason why she was um, having that breakdown was because she knew it was over for him, and that he was finally oh. going to meet his end that's why I think because at that point I think she's pretty woke to what's going on and at that point she's finally I don't know like you know even if you're an abusive relationship right you break up with that person or they break up with you well, you're but gonna that have a point, hard time. Though, it
1: still winds up being up to her she makes the final
2: choice yeah that's right it's her call she makes... if it's him or uh, or one of the preordained you know villagers right. she
1: chooses to kill him and she kills him because he yeah. cheated on her
2: <laughs> well I don't know well, oh, really and buy because that. he sucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 more the whole. Picture. Yeah, I but mean,
1: there I was, think that... you know, there was. I th- I feel like there was a straw that broke the camel's back there. I think that at
0: that point she sees what's really happening and finally understands that this is a man who is fundamentally weak and also broken, and it's like she finally admits it. She finally oh, admits it sure. to herself that Christian is not really worth her attention and i think the separate judgment that she gives him later in the film at the end really is a result of his wickedness and has very little to do with retribution i think it's very much motivated by he's simply a wicked person and so we must sacrifice him in this way to cleanse us and him of those sins
1: i can i can buy that
2: yeah, although I do th- I do feel the smile at the end as being a mix of this homecoming and a sense of not not necessarily direct like vengeance on Christian for all that all his shortcomings but maybe a sense of she had this lack of control from the loss of her family and wanted some sort of emotional gratification and being able to transfer i mean it's there, like, i feel like there could be did...
1: like maybe like a 10 or 15 percent of fuck you in that smile you know
2: right right well uh
1: so just to wrap up the movie we've you know we've hit the final ritual which is that the hargas which is the commune they as part of their festival sacrifice nine people four from the community four outsiders, and one chosen by the May Queen. So they've got the two old people who committed suicide at the Atastupa, two volunteers from the community who come up, and I would never volunteer for this, by the way. Not me neither, man. The four people who were killed during the movie, and then Christian as one option. And the other option cho- chosen through this hilarious lottery contraption that they have. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you were calling bingo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. And also, I thought it would have been funny, too. Like, they call the guy's name. It would have been funny if, like, the dude just immediately turned and sprinted away. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
2: this. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he just wasn't counting on I being know. called on.
0: Is
1: the nine is a number nine um, important in Norse well, mythology? I don't know about that, but the festival was nine days, so it recurred. Ah, interesting. I, I when
0: they said nine people, I thought that's that's so specific. How do you get to nine? There must mm-hmm. be a there must there must be a reason for that. And I'm not a Norse numerologist, so I yeah. couldn't. Yeah, probably.
1: That. Danny chooses Christian, mm-hmm. and so he gets stuffed into a bear and uh which by the way incredible he looked incredible
0: inside the bear. He was mm-hmm. pretty cool.
2: Look at that teddy man. <laughs>
0: like I've been to Burning Man. I've seen men wearing bear suits, but this was next level. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was kind of like just a a, a real uh, a Burning Man that went wrong, wasn't it? <laughs> it it kind of yeah, it was kind of like, you know, you ended up in the wrong camp. <laughs> yeah. How was your How was your burn? Hey, well, where's the
2: Burning Man? Well, we got this pyramid that we burned.
1: <laughs>
3: okay, this is good
2: enough, right? We it's went to an insane. off-brand Burning Man this year, and not yeah, everyone it was, came back. It was It was like
1: a Safeway brand <laughs> Burning oh, <man>. Burning Friends. <laughs> yeah, so they burned down the temple with everyone inside. Uh, the two people who volunteered were assured. That they would feel no fear and feel no pain. That turned out to be a bit of a lie. They feel both of those things and um, burn, but it's fine because the community uh, screams with them. And uh, Mm -hmm. then Danny, in the end, she joins in the communal wailing. And the last shot of the film, we see that she winds up smiling. She's Mm -hmm. found a place. Was I the
0: only one upset about the fact that they burned down that building too because it was a gorgeous building?
1: Oh, they'll build a new one.
2: Yeah, every it, that's year. That's what it's for. Or did now they said something about the festival being once every 90 years though.
1: So, what I think is that uh it's they do a midsummer festival every year, but it's not as like hardcore as this. Except for every ninety years. Mm. Okay. There's that number nine again. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But so that's the end of the movie.
0: I can't I can't wait for the person who knows the answer to this to listen to this podcast and be screaming at us Oh, I know. It's the curse the of the podcasts.
1: <laughs> you know the answer and you're just shouting at your at your speakers. Please send all complaints to better <laughs> David. late than never pod at gmail.com or at better late there underscore you go. pod. All right, guys, so this movie had the minuscule budget of $9 million. There's nine again. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's uncounted. How much money
1: do you think it made?
2: Nine hundred.
0: How much did it make?
2: No, I Uh, I
0: don't. are, Are we talking about like a simple number of... How much money has it? How much revenue has it collected so far? Just box office. Original release, or global, or what? Yeah, global. I think it made its money back for sure. Nine million is nothing, um, and I think they had enough marketing to get the money back. <sighs> Forty-five million.
2: Drew. I'd say seventy million.
1: Well, going by. Wait is prices is right uh the closest one that's over the number
2: without going without going over did, did
1: it
0: come out did it come out before covid hit it did Yeah then i think 45 million is a pretty pretty reasonable number You guys are going to be
1: amazed it made 47.9 million dollars Damn <laughs> oh, I was close
2: You were <laughs> Without going over. Yeah, yeah, you got it.
1: So on Rotten Tomatoes, this is a little interesting. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 83% from critics. It has a 63% from audiences. Mm-hmm. Both of Ari Aster's movies have this... That, that I've done this show for a while, and that is one of the bigger critical audience splits that I've seen. And... I looked at Hereditary too. It also has a big split like that. And it's uh a big split on cinema score too. Audiences gave it both of them pretty low scores coming out of seeing the films. Although Midsummer was a little bit higher than Hereditary. Audiences really didn't like Hereditary. Is it is it
0: fair to correlate uh a film's quality with its critics' scores and a film's likability with its uh, viewer scores?
1: You could look at it that way. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not saying anything about it based on that. I'm just mentioning it as sort of like, you know, fun facts. I do, but I, I do think it's interesting that this one has such a wide difference of opinion because yeah. I don't often see that. Mm. When I think about why this movie might have a gap, first of all, that doesn't
0: surprise me at all. I've, I've generally seen that a movie with a higher critic score than a, uh, than a viewer score is probably going to be a little bit artier of a film, not necessarily better, but a little bit more artsy. And so the types mm-hmm. of things that are going to get called out as remarkable are either going to be subtle or effective political themes. Uh, aesthetic themes uh, or inventive storytelling, none of which is necessarily going to be likable by the um, by the viewer. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully it is, right? I mean, like Christopher Nolan did a great job with something like Inception and then not such a great job with Tenet. I didn't see
1: Tenet. I'd like to catch that. So. I just actually just <laughs> watched that the that. other night,
0: actually. <laughs> um, but when I think <clears> about <throat> why, when I think about the audiences that might like this movie, Um, if we think about who is in the movie, I mean, it's like, it's almost entirely white people being white and doing white things. It's a pretty, like, (laughs) like it's, it's pretty white. Uh, so I imagine that there's going to be a lot of audiences that are going to, that are going to like see this or see a trailer and just think like, this doesn't resonate with me on any level at all. So why am I going to watch this? Uh, I can imagine there's a lot of audiences that just would not resonate here. When I think about that, why, why I say it has so much to offer to so many different people, I'm actually thinking of a fairly specific audience of people who already love cinema for its own sake and people who make films. And that's a pretty small slice of the overall population, granted. Mm. So uh, I apologize. It's a little bit of an academic, (laughs) almost like an academic category there. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you're you're into architecture, there's something here for you. If you're into storytelling, there's something here for you. But yeah, I'm not surprised the critics
1: liked it more. Well, speaking of, Mm. I've got a couple of quick quotes, both for and against. Chad Burns, writing for LA Weekly, liked the movie said Aster is one of our most original filmmakers especially for horror and that he discards traditional tropes and opts for a headlong journey into existentialist sickness and anxiety and Jordan Peele said that the movie had the most Don't mix- go any farther that what? quote that quote
0: deserves a little bit of echoing right there i think he's absolutely right
1: yeah Well, you might agree also with Jordan Peele, who said it had the most atrociously disturbing imagery I've ever seen on film, and it usurps The Wicker Man as the most iconic pagan movie. Sure does. There
0: wasn't even a single bee.
1: (laughs) They're in my eyes. (laughs) On the negative side, (laughs) Manola Dargis, writing for The New York Times, wrote... After a while, an unproductive restlessness sets in as you wait for the characters to matter as much as the silky moves and painstaking details.
2: Interesting. That's, that that fair. almost touches on what you were lamenting about at the top here about, you know, it being sort of uh, all broadcast for you in advance and you're just kind of picking up the breadcrumbs to a destination you're Well, this You know where you're going. You're not that excited. This last
1: one also goes to that, which is Doug Walker for Channel Awesome said, if this was maybe 40 minutes shorter, it might have worked, as is everything you think is going to happen, happens, and it's not worth the wait. Hmm. I don't know. It probably is worth the wait in the end, but like barely. Like, So for me... I liked this movie a little more this second time, but I was also watching it with somebody and we were, like, commenting on it the whole time. I feel like what I sort of have come to look at it is, is, like, someone else invented this term and so I'm stealing it and I forget who it was, but uh, it's a god-tier hangover movie. It's So it's, like, the ultimate film... That I would throw on on a Sunday afternoon and just let play on the TV while I was lying on the couch.
0: You know, that's one that's one way mm-hmm. to come after a hangover. What?
2: God, dear. I think
0: I think these are fair criticisms because the film is is so specific in I think what it's in what it's trying to do. It's almost delivering a, so, a sort of fan service, and if you're not. It, there's there are movies like this where they might be aesthetically incredible and they might be um, as far as workmanship workmanship goes just phenomenal and I think that's where we have here. Um, it does not mean that you're going to you know be happy to be along for the ride no matter who you are. So when I think about why I enjoy this movie so much, partly because I'm a cinephile, it's an it is an art film and it's an existential horror film which I care a lot more about than your standard, like, Saw-style horror film. Mm. But if, when I think about other people, like my girlfriend, right, who's also kind of in the industry, but not really a, like, wasn't a film major or anything like I was, I'm not going to subject her to this movie, and I'm not likely to watch it again myself, right? Um, But at the same time, part of me thinks, you know, would I watch a midsummer 2?
1: Hmm. And I, I think, think this I would. movie told its story,
0: <laughs> no it did it did but it but it's a kind of yeah. but it, you know i one of the opportunities that I get um during the normal times in Los Angeles is to go to these art film uh screenings before like a film really gets bought or whatnot, and sometimes a film is just so out there and so different from um you know what you normally get in Hollywood it's almost ridiculous to think about it like a s uh like a franchise, but some of them are so. Uh, wonderful and original that you almost wish they did become a franchise so that that um so that that filmmaker could have a you know a means by which he could reliably you know circumvent cinematic traditions and this is something that i think i think overall ari astor is getting better and he's growing as a filmmaker and that's all i can ask from any filmmaker is to grow and to get better and hereditary i think was a great film with a terrible ending um I think I think hereditary might have had a stronger first and second act, but midsummer had a stronger third act by far.
1: Well, last question, and this will be for both you, John and for you, drew. Was the movie better late or never? keeping in mind that this means that you view the movie either as critical to your movie watching bona fides or... The movie is one of those where if you go your whole life without ever having seen it, that would be A okay. Drew, why don't you go first?
2: Sure. Before I reveal my selection here, a little build yeah. up to it, one thing that we mentioned about uh the type of movie that this might be. You know, I came in with an anticipation that this would be a a very disturbing psychological type horror. Film, I have to say, as far as the quality and the level of enjoyment that I had of the film, overall I wasn't disappointed. But for me, I'm not walking away. This movie isn't going to haunt me. I don't feel any lingering psychological tingle or feeling where I'm going to have trouble getting to sleep you know um which, which i thought <laughs> this might have just take a sleeping really... pill bud you're <laughs> right no How are you but i can borrow I, a sleeping I... pill you can give it back <laughs> <laughs> um but um that said uh i did enjoy this film it was better late for me um in that i i thought it was beautifully done you know as far as the craftsmanship of the sets and the costumes and the the even the special effects um again i loved what they did for the hallucinations it felt very uh real as far as you know how that that feels and i would say that i i enjoyed it um i happen to like that kind of like pagan ritual type uh flavor of, of storytelling and fantasy slash history. Um, so it, it, it appealed to me in that way. Like I felt like I, I bought into the world that they created around this little communal society. So yeah, better late for me. Right on.
0: Yeah. This movie was, uh, I think this movie is part of the zeitgeist at this point. Uh, I think that even if you have a passing interest in film, you have a couple friends with a dark sense of humor, it's worth seeing this so you can at least discuss it with them and be part of the conversation. Um, That said, I think if you do, even if you don't have very good reasons to watch it, I think you will enjoy it um, as long as you can kind of, you know, hopefully kind of walk into it uh, uh, with as little kind of understanding of what's going to happen as possible so that you can kind of counterbalance the, um, perhaps predictability. Um, I think the, the themes here do haunt me actually. Um, mostly because when I think about all the mistakes that Christian made, I see mistakes that I've made in the past in his patterns. And so for me, it's a, it was a stark Mm -hmm. reminder of bad choices that I've made before, uh, where I was clearly being a dick um, or even gaslighting people. And that's the sort of thing that, you know, I I can never take back that I did those things to those people. Right. So I'm always going to feel bad about that. Um, you know, those, those were my moral failures. And so I take it pretty seriously of like not making those same mistakes going forward. So to see him fall victim to those flaws and those, and those failures was pretty affecting for me. It was a reminder of kind of, um, you know, it it, it was, it was a little humiliating for me actually. And that was an effective component of the horror. Um, Hmm. at the same time, there's a sort of, uh, fundamentally feminist message, I think in this movie, which was enjoyable. Uh, and there's so many aesthetic components to it, whether it's things like costuming, production design, architecture, location, uh, scouting, cinematography, acting, writing. I mean, the list goes on. Um, you know, this movie never makes you feel dumb and it never treats you like you are dumb. You know, it might feel a little uh, tedious if you already see it coming, but it's never treating you like you're an idiot. And I think that that's pretty rare in horror films. Uh, So I think Ari Aster has a very bright future. Um, I would not be surprised if he kind of, if, if he keeps this up, if he ends up at the helm of a very, very big, like a hundred million dollar budget horror movie or, you know, even a, even a mainstream, uh, even a mainstream film. That's not even a horror film at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he made that. It, he's got the talent. Um, if he has the interest, uh, if he has the luck to get there, uh, you know, we will see, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he kind of, um, over time over his career got up to that, like Denis Villeneuve, um, level that wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: So what's your verdict?
0: better earlier than late
1: but better late than never nice <laughs> and for me well i already weighed in you know how i feel so right on no you have to say it you have to say it no i've seen it before i don't get a vote <laughs> <laughs> but but don't you feel don't you feel
0: like you would like that you would have missed out on not being able to talk about it even if you didn't
1: really enjoy it as part of the zeitgeist yeah I, I have to
2: say i'm not exactly clear that you're a never dave is that what i you would have been a never yeah for you too but
1: um you mm. know uh it was zeitgeisty for a while but that's okay i don't think i, I would have been a, a never i think my first time through on this but you know
0: would you have said the same about hereditary
1: probably hmm. yeah uh, ultimately, but you know not, that's not to say that either of them are bad films or that I think uh, they don't have worth. Just weren't for me. That is going to do it for our podcast this week. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, please do so by emailing us at better late than never pod at gmail dot com, or you can of course hit us up on Twitter at betterlate underscore pod. Please do all those fun engagement things that I know you can do, like liking and subscribing to the podcast, or leaving a five-star review, or a comment, or getting all your friends to download and subscribe to the pod. You know, all that cool stuff that they explain how to do on other podcasts that I don't really understand very well because I'm not tech savvy. Anyway, John, Drew, it has been a delight talking to you about Midsummer. And for all of you out there in listener land, I hope you enjoyed this episode too. Please come back and join us next time. Bye. <laughs>